episode 222 of We Podcast, and we know things where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. I am Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matoro. GameStop stocks, anyone? Uh, <laughs> I had a joke. I had a joke. I had a joke. I, uh, Dude, I had like joke. eight intros written down. I, 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 I didn't even know what to go to. I had a joke. I don't own. I don't own GameStop stock. I did not own. Either GameStop do I. Either stock. do I. I don't even feel weird that I don't like. Sometimes like, oh shit, I missed out. Not this time. I I'm just don't know stocks. It's just not me. I and uh, my you know my wife dabbled and I. She worked for a stock. Well, she worked in stocks, so I dabble. She doesn't work there anymore, but we stopped dabbling. <laughs> yeah, we. St- we well, I mean, we can't dabble when she worked. There. I think that's called insider trading. Or something. Ah, I don't know. That's what that is. Yeah, something like that. I'm not I'm not well versed with it, but I do know that I'm seven thousand dollars richer today than I was yesterday. Hey, there you go. That's good. Uh my address is no no, Sam will give you that instead. Uh, (laughs) we are here live (laughs) inside joke for us two and one person. Uh live on Zencaster. We love Zencaster. Thank you to the team at Zencaster for all you do to make this show happen. Uh, we appreciate you all. And thanks to our friend, The Corner View. Uh, also, he was the Chunk Lord 27. I don't know what he is now, his second Pokemon account. So I can only say at The Corner View, if you looked at our Instagram story in the last day and a half, you'd have seen what he did and, and links to follow him. But I urge you to follow The Corner View uh, on Instagram. Thank you so much. He sent us two alakazam uh, pokemon cards i think alakazam v one's like the big giant promo card but the other one legit hollow in in a little champion's path case there it was awesome oh it gave you a little champion's path the sleeve in there yeah the sleeve the charizard oh, i think i, I think charizard. that comes with the uh, the elite boxes i think yeah yeah the, the elite trainer box oh, he, he knows you like two spoons so I love my spoon boys, love my spoon boys. And and he did, he does really cool Pokemon content on his other channel. And you can get the link to the other channel. If you follow at the corner view and he was like doing a Pokemon Royal rumble. He did his top 20 of 2020. It was, it was really cool to follow along with that. Even though, like I said before, Del Fox sucks. I have to admit in his top 10, like we shared five of them. So kudos to him. Blastoise is the best starter. Charizard is overrated. Uh, It's my show, Sam. You do not get a say. Uh, <laughs> I'll be quiet. I'm good. <laughs> no, I know you have some Charizard love, but I hey, who does it? Very few people don't. I love him, but I think he's overrated. I think he's the third best starter in the Kanto region. So I think Venusaur and Blastoise are just superior. That's all. But he's still banging. He's still in the top echelon of starter Pokemon. Uh, but I digress again. For the second time in three minutes, I've had to digress twice. Now we know what kind of show it's going to be tonight. It's going to be a long one. <laughs> Strap in, everybody. Uh, before we get to our show we got our picks of the week and i know both of us are really excited to talk about them you mentioned that i was your inspiration for one i mentioned that you were sort of my inspiration for mine as well so i'm excited to hear what yours was uh we also have trivia and then we also have movies big stories in movies where we have some reaction trailers to godzilla versus kong to uh kevin hart playing in the next borderlands film lots of crazy stuff in the film world in tv we got a trailer for the mighty ducks game changers and a premiere date alongside superman and lois got a premiere date as well uh hbo max is on fire netflix announced a bunch of animated projects and our top three tonight is going to be superman related 
once we get to the television section. So I am excited for that one as well. Gaming Sam will take over where I'm going to talk about Cyber Shadow, uh, the RE Village Demo Maiden, our December NPD, one of our favorite segments every single month where we talk about the top selling games of the month. Cannot wait for that one. Xbox, they done fucked up. Then they done tried to save it, but they still kind of done fucked up. Uh, we have. Hey, an, but don't forget. Uh, they have an update on Skate 4, an update on Cyberpunk 2077, and an update on the Vicarious Visions Studio. Then we're going to go to Sam's CGC Spotlight and we'll get on out of here. But before we get into our picks of the week, I promise Sam I was going to tell a quick, very quick, nothing's quick with me, I'm going to try, story about a game that is currently copying, which thank God it went quiet now, on my PS5. I am going to play it. I swore I wasn't, but I don't even I wasn't even supposed to own it. How the hell did I get my hands on Madden 21? Oh, Jesus, God, I, I know. So uh, I, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, it long just story fell short, from the sky. Kind of. The stork brought it. Uh, it's, it's a funny story. So I wanted I was waiting for NHL 21 to go on sale. I wasn't going to buy it at $60. It's an annual sports title. I can wait and I can wait till it goes on sale. Right. So I was doing that. Wait until it goes on sale. It went on sale at Target for 30 bucks. I am happy to pay $30 for NHL 21. Okay. So Target has this thing where if you sign up for a certain service, you get six months for free of same day delivery on anything in the store. We're talking groceries and all that stuff. So we've been doing our grocery shopping through Target online and they bring it in like two hours. Well, in our Target order today, I said, honey, Throw on NHL 21. Uh, is it this one that's 30 bucks? Yes. Awesome. We get it. We get our delivery. It's like 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm psyched. I'm like, great. I get to install it. And then after the podcast, I'm going to play a game and everything's going to be copacetic. I open the bag and Madden's in there. And I'm like, this not good. This not good. I don't want Madden. I don't want Madden at all. Where's my goddamn NHL? Knowing me, by the time I get it, the sale will be over. So I said, honey, they gave us the wrong game. Um, you know, what can we do? Well, uh, I'll, you know, I'll type in a, something, and maybe somebody will call us and fix it or whatever. I said, cool. Um, I said, can I see your thing real quick? She said, yeah, you wanted Madden NHL. And I said, oh, no. I said, I said, honey, that's not a thing. Madden NHL is not a thing. Now I said, you know, in all fairness, I didn't expect you to know that. But John Madden is is a football legend, not a hockey legend. So I said NHL. She goes, oh, I got the wrong letter. <laughs> so she <laughs> so she actually bought Madden, and I, it's not Target's fault at all. Oh, that's so, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> so, so I was at a crossroads, and I said to myself, do I want to take this back without a receipt and have no idea when I can get out of the house again? I said, do I want to take this back, or do I just want to deal with it and buy NHL? at 30 bucks and just whatever I got mad and it's $30. It is what it is. So I decided for option B NHL is currently waiting for me at the Shamini mall target. I'll pick it up tomorrow. And, uh, and now I have Madden that I don't want. That's I'll a damn shame. It. I'll play it. I'll figure it out. I was going to buy it in 22. So yeah, at, at least, least play two, three games, get your $30 in. Yeah. You know, or four seasons. It's <laughs> stay up till three o'clock and, and you know, but that's that's the that's the story of how I got Madden. Did I want it? No. Am I going to play it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's, Until it's you get game. NHL. Exactly. That's kind of the plan. It's like my sports game to get me through the NHL, which is tomorrow. So if I can get thirty dollars of gameplay in For one, one night, work, I'm good. In one work day, not even because tomorrow we have a big night. It's our search party night. Wandavision, Shark Tank. 
little movie. So uh, yeah, you need bed bath. We don't know if I have enough time. <laughs> yeah, listen, it's it just gets crazy in my house on Friday nights. You know, there is so much television to be watched. But yeah. I digress, Sam. Let's get into it. We're eight minutes into the show. We got into our picks of the week at two minutes last week. It's eight minutes this week. Let's talk about it. Our picks of the week. So I think you gave this show a shot maybe, I want to say like two months ago. You said to me, you tried to watch (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh. Am I correct? I did. So I used to have the complete series and a whole bundle set. I sold it, whatever. Then ever since you said you gave it a shot, and at that time, I've been kind of slowly buying Yu-Gi-Oh cards, just very, you know, sneakily. Obviously, now people know now, but I was like, you know what? I found a great deal. I think I bought the whole series for like 40 bucks. Blu-ray? No, no, it, it was only released on um, DVD. Okay, gotcha. So I, I, I bought it. It's, again, it's, it, it's I, I guess it's, it's nostalgia. It's, you know, the show originally dropped when I watched it was 2001 was the U.S. air date. So I was in sixth grade. So I bet it took me probably about a month, two months to to finish 224 episodes in a movie. And honestly, the show still holds up. I still think the first two seasons are the best. That's what I kind of remember watching. Basically, it follows this kid, Yugi. He builds this Millennium Puzzle. There's seven Millennium items. And coming out, there's a spirit of a pharaoh inside the puzzle. But when he duels, the spirit takes over and just wrecks havoc on everyone because he's the game the king of games and honestly it, it still it still holds up i i think it's the voice cast and the guy who plays pegasus like oh yugi boy and it, it just his it's it just little touches and kaib is the shit and just kind of bring me back to like being a kid playing in tournaments going to toys r us playing in i think it was i remember me and blaine i think machi went a few times saturday mornings i think at 10 a.m and it just kind of brought back everything. You know, I'm getting the blue eyes again. I'm getting the red eyes cards. I'm, I'm literally going right down memory lane. And I, I just had such a good time watching. I even picked up a sealed Yu-Gi-Oh game for the Game Boy Advanced. So it, it's definitely been a, a an interesting month or two for me, just kind of going back down this lane, re- reliving like, you know, my little childhood area. So if you ever need a show, give a chance, put on the kids. You want to put, give Pokemon a break. Give, again, even though Yu-Gi-Oh had five different spinoffs, just the original series Yu-Gi-Oh with Yu-Gi Moto. There's five seasons. Check it out. My pick of the week is based on I really wanted to watch it before this movie came out in March. Uh, and I finally watched Kong Skull Island. Hey. I did not watch it upon its release. I really had no interest. John C. Riley? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was fucking brilliant. Um, I fucking loved it. I loved it. I absolutely adored it. It's like it's it's set in the seventies, which is awesome. It's very stylized. The uh, kind of the editing, the, the just the whole thing, very the art style, very 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 cool. And uh, I, I thought it was gorier and darker than i thought in some aspects uh it was lighter and funnier than i thought in others i thought king kong just looked phenomenal the uh the the dinosaur lizard monster things looked okay you know like okay they didn't look wonderful but they were cool enough um i think characters that like that i thought were gonna make it didn't i thought characters that i didn't think would make it did and uh you know it just was really really good from from fucking tom hiddleston who was amazing in it to John C. Riley, who was great, 
Brie Larson was actually phenomenal. Like, I just didn't really find a fault in it. It's cheesy. It's campy. It's whatever. Um, you know, it's it doesn't have a very good rating on IMDb or uh, on Rotten Tomatoes and or Metacritic. And, you know, I can see why, but I just thought it was a really cool turn your brain off two hour popcorn movie that I couldn't get enough of. Um, I will say this. The first 20 minutes, you're like, oh, God, what the fuck's going to happen? And then once something happens and it gets going, it doesn't stop. And that's what I really liked about it. I, one little point, just remind. I like they they kind of shoot like they put the story with John C. Riley, and it was him and I guess the enemy of the war. That they're I guess their planes crash and they fight each other. Then eventually they get along and they're friends. And I I just thought that was like such a nice little nice little storyline they tied in there. When the when the opening scene happens, you wonder to yourself what is the relevance. Like you know King, yeah. you know where they land, and you know King Kong's going to show up. But part of you just says, okay, that's just to introduce Skull Island and to get King Kong on screen for the first time. And then you can kind of fast forward. But the way they bring that intro scene back into the film actually really made a lot of sense. And it actually kind of shocked me. And the only reason I knew it was going to happen was because I saw John C. Riley in the IMDb page and didn't – he wasn't on screen yet. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to put two and two together and figure out that he's that this person. So right. Eventually, you're like, he's going to have to show up sometime. Exactly. And I didn't think he was just going to be a throwaway character. It's John C. Riley in the prime of his career. So it was really enjoyable. And I, I highly recommend it. Get yourself ready for, you know, Godzilla versus Kong, which is just two months away, just over two months now. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, I thought it was really good. And, and it makes me want to go back and watch Godzilla King of the Monsters again, because that's got a very split audience. And I did not care for it the first time. I think maybe this time I might go back and just Maybe watch it with with a little bit of uh, with a little gleam in my eye, a little fondness. Yeah, a little appetizer for the main course. I'll give it a shot. But let's move on. There's our picks of the week. Yu-Gi-Oh for Sam. Kong Skull Island for me. Let's get into trivia. 17 and a half for me. 16 and a half for you. I am going to give you the question first. All right, let's do it. I think this might be top five easiest question I've ever given you. Uh-huh. it's it's it is right in your wheelhouse All just right. so right in your wheelhouse it's funny i have your yours is in your wheelhouse too so should be good i'm we'll probably both, just, we'll probably both get it right i i hope so because we deserve this now i'm I, maybe i'm wrong but i think this is right in your wheelhouse what u.s town has the superman museum <sighs> answers please is it metropolis illinois smallville mississippi gardner kansas or cleveland ohio oh god uh i don't like any of them what was the same again metropolis illinois smallville mississippi gardner kansas or cleveland illinois or cleveland ohio fuck see it's Metropolis. <laughs> Don't overthink it. It's Metropolis, Illinois. I had to look that up to see if that was a real place. Yeah, I, I, it didn't even sound real. I was like, it no. Was, it's a 13-hour drive from our front step. Yeah, well, I would have never got that. If you ever want to go to the super, the official, the official United States Superman Museum, now you know where to go. Well, let me Take actually it. give you a question that is actually up your alley. That is up your alley. It's Superman. It's I, fucking Metropolis. I don't know Superman is fucking in Illinois. <laughs> what is the only Mario Party game released on the GameCube to include Donkey Kong as a playable character in every mode of play? You asked me a GameCube 
Mario Party question like a month ago, which was, I think, what one was Toadette in? You remember? No, but I went with this one. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, all, all these questions is a, is a blur. I could ask you all these three different times. So, I mean, there was only four, five, and six uh, on GameCube. So you can't even give me four answers because, I mean, you probably did, but. Uh, of course I did. There's that. Um, Donkey Kong in. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. One more time. What what game was he? What is the only Mario Party game released on the GameCube to include Donkey Kong as a playable character in every mode of play? In every mode of play. Okay. Um. Um, because I went with, I think I went with four for the other one with Toadette. I'm going to go with four again because I don't know five or you six. You win, my friend. You win. All right. Congratulations, yeah. my friend. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, wait, is that it? Is that the game? That's it. That's all she wrote. I, I, it's oh. funny. I had another question for you. I was like, ah, let me ask him the easy one. I literally, as I wrote, I was like, I hope he wins this week. Holy literally, shit. As that's, I wrote. That, that is the game. That is the trivia challenge. It's 18 and a half to 16 and a half. I have won by two. Oh, my God. That round of applause, it, my friend. That, that in the history of this podcast, that means I have won three trivia challenges and you have won two. You're in the lead. Wow. That's big. That's big. I didn't hey, even you know. had a long week. You, de- you deserved the victory. Anticlimactic, though. Holy shit. I didn't realize I won till you said it. <laughs> ah, dude. Once I got mine wrong, Greg, I knew it already. And as we go into the movie section, we're going to start with a review for The Little Things with Jared Leto and Denzel Washington and a star-studded cast. So you know it has to be good. Remy Malik's in it. You just know it's got to be good. Uh, we well, hope it's good. Well, I'm, I'm watching it day one. I cannot wait. So by the time everybody's here in this pod, I will probably already have watched it. And looking forward to this one for a whole two weeks since I heard about it. Um, and I forgot. I didn't even like look into it when we were doing our top three HBO Max movies. I didn't even it wasn't. Yeah, even on that I, I saw the trailer once and I was like, OK, I'll, I'll watch it. You know, I'm not murder mystery. It. I'm not butting at the bit, but I'll watch yeah. it. I love I love a good murder mystery. I love a good Denzel movie, Remy Malik and, and Jared Leto. But it's disappointing. To see a triad of talented actors like Denzel Washington, Remy Malik, and Jared Leto wasted in the little things. The straightforward and seldom surprising murder mystery. Though Leto does his best to keep things interesting with a murder suspect so intent on appearing guilty that it borders on parody, John Lee Hancock's neo-noir doesn't do nearly enough to stand out from the litany of more unique and better executed films released in a time since it was first conceived. A six? Not even. You've Damn. overshot it. A five. Oh, that that that's not good. Yeah, I'm still gonna watch it myself. I don't of need to. They could have said it's the worst piece of shit you ever seen. But I, I still gotta say it. That's Denzel, Jared Leto, Remy. I gotta watch it. I'll make my own uh, conclusion. But I am looking forward to that film. And if, listen, if it's a six, I'm fine. Like if what's it on HBO Max? It's it'll be on HBO Max and in theaters starting the day this podcast releases on one twenty nine. So. Long Night Friday with four episodes of Search Party, episode four of WandaVision, Shark Tank, and The Little Things. Um, I think I'll be asleep halfway through the first episode of Search Party. But if so facto, I cannot wait. Yeah. I love I love Friday nights. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong got a trailer. We knew it was coming. It, was, it came out on Sunday. 
about two, two and a half minutes long. What did you think of this trailer? <laughs> I thought this trailer looked awesome. <laughs> sure did. It just it's, sure did. It's like our childhood in a move that we always wanted to see. It they, they looked awesome. Obviously, they're gonna fight for a little bit, but there's gonna be a, a main bad guy, and they're gonna team up. You know, Wonder Twins powers activate. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Mecha Godzilla. That's what we said last week on the show. You heard it there. We said it before the trailer release. You can see Mecha Godzilla in one of the shots of the trailer. But I digress. It's totally going to be Mecha Godzilla. Uh, we we've gotten a, con- a Godzilla versus King Kong movie before. It's just so it's 50, 60, 70 years old by now. Yeah. It's just it's time to put it update. Uh, you know, updated with this visual style in Legendary's MonsterVerse. Now, what did you think of the pseudo controversy going around the internet before the GameStop stock thing of King Kong clearly being mega upscaled from his appearances previous to fit? it you know being as large as godzilla do you have a problem with him magically growing or are you just like uh it's what it is okay so the last time we saw king kong was in the the movie you just saw based in the 70s correct that's right so he had what 40 50 years to grow now on top of that not only do i agree with you yes there is a line in kong skull i was specifically looking for this and i found it it's pretty early on in the film they say it's very subtle but they say, oh, he's so big. And one person, I forget who it is, just in the background goes, and he's still growing. Yeah. Well, don't they show you his dead parents and they're fucking humongous? Don't you see? His I I'm pretty they, sure there's a, pit, there's a pit with his dead parents skeletons. I don't know how big they are, but they're de- I mean, they're at least his size. Yeah, I but I mean, they, you, they tripled his size for this movie. I think if you go back, you realize like they were like literally double to triple his size. His parents were. Um, I, I, it's been a while since I saw that movie, so I can't, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I mean, okay. 50 years, he grows, you, you know, what to a hundred stories. <laughs> it's good. Let's see. Yeah. He had to, in order to be able to stick around with Godzilla and go toe to toe. I mean, Godzilla is a fucking walking nuclear bomb. He's just a monkey. So it's like it, they yeah. needed to do something to give it believability. That's why I just truly think on the other side of the coin, these guys are going to fight for the first part of the movie. They're going to come together. It's going to be Mecha Godzilla, and they're going to have yeah. to. They can't fight because Godzilla wins. Like there's no doubt. And, and so. if you like, there's yeah, there's no way that his little staff with a fin from Godzilla is going to kill. At the end, you see him jumping. It's I was like, come on, I, it's not even a contest. It's Godzilla. Ten out of ten times is going to whoop that freaking Kong's ass. Now that I think like that's why in the trailer and in the posters, you get that shot of Kong punching Godzilla in the face pretty hard because that's like to show you Kong has a chance. They're doing that purposely because they know how outmatched it is. So giving it a chance with, you know, a nice solid crack to the face, I think is smart marketing. There's a lot of still frames. Hell, there's a still frame of it on our Instagram. So it's, you know, I get it. It's, it's solid, but like, you know, I'm Team Godzilla. I don't want to get things twisted. I thought Skull Island was really good. But, you know, they're going to come together, like you said. I, I just think this movie did exactly what it needed to do. You got Coach Taylor. You got Eleven from Stranger Things. Let's go. Millie Bobby Brown. And I can't remember who actually plays Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. But he's in it. You got a really good cast. Uh, I'm I'm really excited for this movie. It's exactly what I wanted. The problem is we're going to have to wait a little bit longer. This movie was pushed up two months from May to March. And everything's right with the world. But of course, we can't have nice things. They've delayed this film. But 
only five days from Friday, the 26th of March to Wednesday, the 31st of March, a Wednesday release for this. That's that's no big deal for me. I get to watch it in the comfort of my own home, you know, almost a little little less than two weeks for my birthday. I I, I can't wait. This this probably will be a day one watch for me. We get to Eh. watch it. Wednesdays nah, are nah, tough. Nah, nah. Wait, Wednesdays wait, are wait, tough. wait, 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 wait. Let rethink that. We get to watch it potentially the night before we record. Yeah, but Wednesdays are tough. You, and it's HBO Max. Talk about impressions. It's HBO this Max. Do I have HBO Max? No, no, it's HBO Max. Yes. Yeah, I don't I don't have that. So I'll have to figure uh, something out. Yeah, yeah, you sure will. But I mean, you know, listen. I mean, dude, and, and, and if I don't see it day one, no problem. I'll, I'll get yeah. there. And I'll just give my impressions and spoiler for you. Dude, you could go spoiler free. I'll take off my ear earphones, and because by the time I listen to this episode, it'll probably be another month or two. So I'll be good. I'll see. If I'm I very, back. I'm very good when I do spoiler free. I'm gonna pat my own back. I'm very good at giving spoiler free impressions without giving anything away. You no, I agree. Just, you're good. You're good. You you could listen to the whole thing, and I'll just say if like somebody died, I'll be like, and I didn't expect this outcome. But anyway, uh, again, did. Was there anything at all that made you less hype about this film? I, I don't think there could, there could have been. It, it's something that I, I think we've been calling for since we were kids, mm-hmm. like to get an updated version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, I, I'm fine. I'm just happy that it, it's finally coming. We're getting a little bit early. And and again, the a, HBO Max is, they, they are going to have, they, they, everything that they have coming is, is enough to get this program, which I, I might just have to get it, just bite the bullet, spend the fifteen bucks a month, whatever it costs, because yeah. w- what's on the docket, it, it, it's going to be a good year. Yeah, Kevin Hart is going to play Roland. I think Kate Blanchett. I can't remember who else. It is Kate Blanchett. It is Kate Blanchett. Yeah, uh, the other big actress in the Borderlands film. We now have our Roland, uh, Kevin Hart. My least I know favorite. You are, I know you are so excited. As soon as I saw this, I was like, "Oh, Greg's going to love this." He is my least favorite actor on the planet, but I love Roland. Um, so like I have to give it a chance. I, I would say like the thing that sours me on him is his performance in uh, everything. But he's but Kevin most, Hart in every film. But mostly uh, uh, the Jumanji film. He's just unbearable. But a little bit about Roland. Roland is the the soldier character from the first Borderlands game. He is an NPC in the second game. He's an NPC in the pre-sequel. Um, in the first game, he was a, in his former life as a part of this this organization called the Crimson Lance. Basically, the soldiers of of um, oh my god, what's the fucking planet? Uh, Pandora. And so, after the Crimson Lance is disbarred and dismembered, there's this group called the Crimson Raiders. He does join that. Um, so, like, just a little bit about him. That's it. He's a soldier. He's from. God, what's his home planet? I think it's Prometheus or Promethea or something like that. He was trained with the Atlas Corporation. I know way too much about the Borderlands mythology that it's kind of semi-embarrassing that I can talk through that. But if you want to know what, like, why you should be hyped for Roland in the film and why, if it's got to be somebody, Kevin Hart's fine. Roland's special weapon, like the thing, his go-to weapon in the games is a turret that he can deploy at any time. It's like a mini scorpion turret. And he just like throws it out there and boom, 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 and just fuck shit up. I can just imagine how cool they're going to be able to utilize that in this film, uh, regardless of who's playing him. I'm glad that Roland will be a central character. It sounds like given, uh, I believe it was Siren or I can't remember who the Siren in the first game was, Lilith, I think that's going to be Kate Blanchett. It sounds like this movie is going to be based off of Borderlands 1 and the Borderlands 1 characters. They might maybe integrate into 2 because a lot of the characters from 1 
roll into the second game. But I think this is going to be more around the first game. That's what these two castings are telling me. Time will tell. I think this movie's 2023 at the earliest. Um, so, and Borderlands 3 is just kind of out and doing its thing. So, who knows? But it's a reason to be excited that Roland is in the film. Maybe not so much for Kevin Hart for me. Yeah, and I, I honestly don't know jack shit about the Borderland game. So, I'm just like, all right, another Kevin Hart film. All right, whatever. They're just so good. Like, oh God. And they're like, they're your style. You like them. A looter shooter, but like funny. I don't know. You, I think you'd like it. Uh, a boatload. And we're not going to th- go going to go through the whole list. A boatload of films have been delayed. Uh, the way we, we the said hardest. we said last week, get get ready for the year delays again. It's 2020 on repeat. And like the one film we were talking about the most was No Time to Die. And uh, and right after we got done recording, it came out. No Time to Die is on the list of films delayed. Uh, the Bob's Burgers film is delayed. The King's Man is delayed. Morbius is delayed again the second time in just a few weeks um so that's that's a rough one and then again no time to die there are other films delayed as well but you know we're not going to be talking about these movies again until late 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 21 for some and then into 22 for the rest of them i know every week we talk about this we say get ready 22 black widow right ain't that wasn't that another one that's not official yet we don't know really anything about that there's been a lot of radio silence about that i I could see them doing that bullshit where it comes to the disney plus the 30 dollar one Ugh. I mean, if that's the case, I ain't going to spend the 30 to get it. I'll just wait. When it comes down Blu-ray, I'll pick it up for 20 bucks. Why would I Why would I spend 30 on, Oh, I buy all the Marvel films. I mean, hey, if I bought Captain Marvel, I'm buying anything. Let's be it's, real. It's, it's 30 bucks, so you don't have to wait. Like, you're paying the extra $10 to get it, to watch it when it's supposed to come out. But, like, this wasn't a movie on my radar. Like, if it's the next Avengers movie or something like that, I'll pay the $30 probably. Day See, I, I, again, it's like, it, it, it's we're getting this movie fucking 10 years after we should have like i legit almost don't care like that's I'm how very, bad it is and then the, the longer time much. passes the, the little fucking less shit i care even more yeah that's that's kind of the sentiment i sent to you the other day in a text message it was like they can only delay this so long until it's just irrelevant you know i, I mean they're gonna have to be like guys we have to release this we need some but the reason i think i was charlie i was watching um was emergency awesome where he said that it's in scarlet's contract where it has to get released so unless they throw her millions of dollars or a bone or something they can't get out of that it's the same thing that happened with new mutants it's the exact same thing yeah because yeah, she could sue them and she can get millions so that's literally what's holding it back the the problem with this whole thing is just like with new mutants new mutants came and it went it was three years too late and, by and, the time it came to and, and literally no one speaks of it again it's instantly forgotten. And the reason is it was supposed to come out in the in the middle of all those X-Men movies like Dark Phoenix and all those. Now, granted, none of those movies were particularly like wonderful, but this was just another movie in that universe. But it came out two years later when it was already irrelevant because all those movies now have a lot of, you know, tarnish on their name. I was it saying, was look, pretty bad. Look so what followed it. Exactly. Or, 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 or proceeded. You had Apocalypse, that dog shit, right into Phoenix. And then that, it's like, oh, my God. It's, it, was all do- it was all dog shit. And now we're just waiting for the MCU to reboot X-Men the proper way. So, like, it was almost like get it over with. But they had to wait for theaters because of the contract. So I, I get it. It's the same thing for Scarlet. But it, like you said, every day that passes, it's becoming less and less relevant. And now in a world where people get the MCU on Disney Plus uh, via television in half hour chunks movies in general for this fucking MCU are becoming more and more obsolete. Like even the Snyder cuts coming to a streaming service. We don't have to go see it in theaters. So it's like, what 
you know, this movie, and it's a prequel for, for a dead character. I don't care. It's funny when you mentioned, you said mutants, and I read right before we started that Kevin Foggy's been talking with um, Patrick Stewart, trying to, hey, you know, come back as, you know, Charles Xavier. Again, he, he was freaking fantastic. And Patrick Stewart said, if we didn't do Logan, I probably would have. But after Logan, he was like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done. So I don't think we will ever see Patrick Stewart again as Professor Xavier. Yeah, money talks, but also he's like two hundred years old. So but no, I don't know. Again, he's still doing his thing with Picard, and and I don't know. I thought the send off for him in Logan and Wolverine, it, it, it was fantastic. I, I think maybe him and Hugh kind of made some pack. Like this is it for us. Where he's hanging up the claws, he's hanging up the chair, and and and, and if that's the case, I'm I'm fine with that. Like I, I, they had a great run. Uh, it's. It's like the same thing as saying Quicksilver's getting a movie. He, he dead. We don't care. You know, you could have a, a sitcom, Quicksilver and Gamora. We know how it ends. Well, They're I mean, Christ, if WandaVision gets a season two, I mean, you never know. Fuck, Vision's dead. We don't need... That's it's so saying. crazy. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> like, so, she's people, that powerful. She can do whatever the hell she wants. Yeah, people are theorizing that Vision's obviously not... Uh, he's a figment of her imagination in this universe, which is clearly true. I mean, he dead. So... Uh, it you know marvel's just going off into doing their own thing uh well they always have been but you know what i mean and it's yep. like the longer they wait for this film you know black widow it's just it's becoming less and less relevant i just don't need it at all anymore i'm just yep. over it so i again i'm moving on uh into the last story in the movie section before we go to television is sonic 2 will begin filming in march oh, i was not expecting them to go that that fast into the sequel i mean i i was because it takes a long time to make a movie so by the time it's done and ready. You hope that he's still relevant. Cause remember this movie came out right before the pandemic yep. and nobody really talks about it anymore. Yeah. And it was, it was it's on Twitter. It was literally, I think it was the last film to come out like right before COVID and actually profitable. Yeah. I Everything saw it on February. Popped. I saw it on February 13th, 2020 is the last time I was in a movie theater. Yeah. And it was and, a horrible and, experience. Horrible. Yeah. I know, I know you didn't. You, you, well, again, you could have probably hated because of the people that were in the theater, but exactly. You know, I, exactly. I thought it was, I thought it was a cute movie. I, I well, the movie sucked too, but yeah, I had a horrible experience because of the people. That was just a shit theater, man. They were just terrible people. But again, uh, moving on, we got a big giant television section, tons of announcements. I've been hyped to talk about this TV section all week, starting with me, the number one. I'm selfish. I'm the one who makes the rundown, so I get to put shit where I want. And this is hype as fuck for me. I am so ready for this. How it didn't make my top three most anticipated, I don't know. I forgot about it. It probably would have been my number three. I was going to say, you forgot 100%. It probably would have been my number three. The Mighty Ducks Game Changers, this Disney Plus series, not only did it get a release date of March 26th on Disney Plus, two months away, but it got a trailer. What'd you think? Quack, 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 <laughs> quack. I mean, yeah. dude, once you see Bombay, that's it, man. Yo, Yo it's the see- Gilmore Girls lady, it's Gordon Bombay, and there's another character in there I can't wait to talk about. Uh, I'll tell you in a second. But real quick, before we even get into it, do you know all three Mighty Ducks films? I think the highest rating is like a 22%. And it's the first one. Like, it, no, it's a, dude, it, I, I think the first one's like 22. Next one's like 21. And the third one's like 20. I was like, oh my God. I am a giant, massive, massive, uh, ma- a massive fan of number two. And they go to the Junior Goodwill games. I'm just a big old fan. I, dude, I, I liked them all. Obviously, the third was probably the weakest, but I really liked them all. 
Yeah, me too. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, you can call me coach or coach. Now, now do you think we'll see Joshua Jackson? Uh, or any a chance or anyone else from the from the movie? Yes, yes. They you have to have cameos, right? You're getting cameos because a lot of those actors aren't acting anymore. You sure aren't going to see Goldberg. <laughs> he's, he's in a tough mental state right yeah, now. And yeah, yeah. Physical. But I could see Julie the Cat. Like, they did this thing where a bunch of the actors were skating around on ice recently. Julie the Cat Gaffney, she looks exactly the same. Uh, uh, Keenan Thompson was in it. Uh, the, I think the kid who plays Knuckle Averman. Puck. Like, there's a lot. Now, a lot of them are definitely more heavy set, yeah. but there is a character in this. Now, it, it, it reminds me very much of the Bad News Bears. It's the kid gets cut from the hockey team. His mom says, let's create our own hockey team. Yep. Actually, it reminds me of Little Giants, to be fair. Uh, reminds me of Little Giants, but I digress. Uh, this, it, it starts off with this kid, the main character, getting told he's going to be cut from his local hockey team. And I recognize the voice. And would you gosh darn believe it that the kid or the, the coach who tells him that uh, he's going to be cut is Dylan Playfair. You might not have heard of this guy, Dylan Playfair, but he's one of my favorite actors as a main character for 55 episodes as Riley in Letterkenny. Let's go. Let's go. go. So not only does Letterkenny get it, find its way into the Mighty Ducks uh, franchise, but if, if you remember the girl who gets run over by a train in the very first episode uh, of Huey's girlfriend in the very first episode yeah. of boys. She's in letter Kenny as well. So it's making its way into the global populace and I couldn't be happier. Yeah. And this is, you know, I will definitely watch. I, so this will be what one a week again to on Disney plus. Yeah. I'd imagine. So and I, I think I read it was 10 episodes. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, And what a, what a perfect, perfect show to start just days before Kong versus Godzilla or whatever Godzilla versus Kong. Dude, yo, March is, is a big month, yo. Yeah, Justice League, Kong, that. Like, dude, it, it's it's going to be – It's I think it's going to be a good year for movies and TV just shows. Remember, just remember, we don't have a release date yet for Justice League. That The, the longer that waits, the more it could get moved out we of We have month. to get a trailer in February. There I has to be a trailer coming. We have no idea what day in March, so it very well could be that that could get delayed a little bit. I, I wouldn't think maybe more than just a month or two, but – We'll we'll see, but you, like you said, if the Justice League stays there, March is a packed, 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 and I cannot wait. Uh, a lot of hype stuff going on, but the Disney Mighty Ducks uh, Game Changers on Disney Plus March twenty sixth. The trailer is on our Facebook page. Just type in We Podcast, and we yeah, it's only a minute long, short and sweet. It's very, very short and sweet, and you do get a lot of Gordon Bombay. Don't get me wrong, Emilio's back. He's back in the trailer. They don't hide him. He's in it, baby. He looks to be a pretty main character too, based on. Like he's I mean, like a rink maintenance guy. I mean, I would different. hope if he's going to be the coach. Uh, she might like be the coach, and he might like, no be fucking way. I'll bet and money. It, Bombay and then it, like coach. transitions into him. No, I think it's going to start as her, and then it'll transition into him. That's what I think, based on what she says. Let's start a hockey team, and she's behind the bench. For, like, be the assistant coach. You need the main coach. You need Bombay. Do you say you need the man coach or the no. main coach? The main, like, she's the assistant, and he, you know, it's Pompeii. So he said the man coach. I was like, you're a little. He's the main sexist. coach. <laughs> I thought you were just a sexist pig for a second. No, I, I think it's just, I think he'll eventually be the head coach. Eventually. I think he'll, he'll just have to be talked into it. Something happened in his past. Exactly. And he gave it up. and Exactly. I definitely think it's. He's, he's now alcoholic be now, living in the glory days. Yeah. Wolf the dentist Stanson from the second movie. You know, gave him another cheap shot, a third cheap shot. But uh, let's move on. Let's move on. 
a live action Harry Potter series, which is pretty insane to say, is in development for HBO Max. Now they didn't like hint like is it the original cast? Is it going to be the same no. time frame? Is it after? Is it right where the last movie with Harry Potter left off? I mean, what what are we getting here? Like they just te- it just they just threw it up in the air and then everyone just speculating on everything because it's so early in development. We have zero yeah, no one knows no one zero knows. details. I would imagine there is almost no chance of anybody coming back, and that includes Daniel Radcliffe. I don't know I, how they're going to pull that off. I mean, in an interview, Ron Weasley's down. He's in. Uh, they I, all look I, like they're 30 because they are. I, I don't know. I, I think like adult Harry Potter, like a drunk, like disorderly Harry Potter. I, I can see I can see uh, Daniel coming back. He's done a lot of films now just like to get him out of the Harry Potter. I think the, the hardest one getting back would be her. Hermi- I said fucking Hermione and Emma Watson. <laughs> Emma Watson. <laughs> she would she would be, the, the I think, the hardest one to come back. But again, like I I love that world. I love the books. I love the movies. I, I fucking hated. uh fantastic beast i thought the first one sucked i'd never even seen the second one so as long as it stays in the harry potter world and that and like even if it was one or two of those characters i'm all in just let's keep in mind though that like the harry potter universe is moving on without harry potter we have fantastic beasts even though it's not great we have the hogwarts near wells financially yep yep uh uh what was reviewed as well the Hogwarts Legacy game coming in next year. That's not Harry Potter related. That's Hogwarts related. Maybe this will be a show about Hogwarts or maybe a different, you know, wizard inside of Hogwarts. It's in the Harry Potter universe, but not about Harry Potter. Or like I said, it could be adult Harry Potter and he maybe works at Hogwarts. And it is Daniel Radcliffe. That or, I can see pretty right. Or it follows his kids where his kids are the main characters and he just kind of cameos. That tends to be what happens now. Like when we re- reboot things from our past, it's the kids of the people that originally were in it. Like and that's, that's how it always. And that's exactly how the last film ended. There's their yeah. kids going off to Hogwarts. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, so there spoiler. you go. That, that kind of that kind of. Oh, I don't care. You can spoil those all day. But like that's cool. Then that kind of leads you right down the path of what this very well could be. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah. kind of good. But is this something you're willing to watch? I mean, I know oh, God, listen, yeah. it's free. Dude, I, it's HBO, but. I mean, I'll still, again, I, I really, truly love the books. The movies, what they did, were absolutely fantastic. Acting, the special effects, everything all around. I, I think they got it down pat. Yeah, they had a hiccup with um, Fantastic Beasts, but maybe not. Some people love it, but a lot of people I talk to are kind of in the same boat as me, where they just it, it just wasn't for them. Mm-hmm. It lost the magic, per, as you know, than what Harry Potter gave us. Ooh, the magic. Do you believe in magic? In a wizard's staff. All right. Uh, let's see. What do we got? A Game of Thrones animated series is in development, also for HBO Max, and I am out. I am freaking all in. I I remember. I think it was season. I think it might have been season six or seven. I, I forget one of the um, releases with the Game of Thrones. They released um, an animated. I think a little hour short or something. And I thought it was awesome where they can delve in on this history. And, and just it's gory violence. Dude, sold. I'm in. I just don't love animated shows as yeah, much. Yeah, so you're, and you're well you know, recorded on the podcast saying you're not a huge animated guy. And, you know, animated. I, I think I watch more animated than live action at this point. I love that universe. I want to stay in that universe. I want all the Game of Thrones content I can handle, um, especially because Weiss and Benny Hoff, Hoff are not attached to it. But and of course, I'm going to watch it like a. I'm not not going to skip it, but it's not something I'm just sitting here waiting for. I'm waiting for House of the Dragon. I'm waiting for the other prequels. Like, 
I'm still hoping that this fucking White Walker thing just magically comes back into play, although it never will. Uh, that's what I'm I'm excited for more than an animated one. But I can totally get behind the people that are down to animated uh, into the animated one. By the way, we got a DM uh, today uh, on our Instagram. Feel free to always, if you're listening, join in via DM. We get a bunch of them. I'm actually. sliding our DMs. They're always open. We got uh, a couple from some people in the uh, in the uh, in the Fiend Club saying, "No, Fiend Club, list, we we listen." And uh, we got a couple couple other ones this one was from ross i believe he is panel underscore surfing ah, yep, and yep, yep. Uh, last week we had a very obviously we were joking but we had a pretty fun and funny debate about batman the animated series versus the oc and uh i don't know how the fuck you would compare the two but i forget how i think you, you did I, it i would i would never i think because we know batman's better i can't remember why we got into it it was i think it was a joke because it was a oh no you know what we're talking about Batman the Animated Series might come to HBO Max. And I said, oh, you don't have to wait because the OC is already on HBO Max. That's where the joke came from. Oh, gotcha, And he gotcha. said, he uh, said this morning, I'm watching Batman the Animated I'm all for watching Batman the Animated Series. I'm with Sam if I had to choose. I did religiously watch the OC with my girlfriend. <laughs> so, uh, so he's a little bit of both. So I said, okay, fine. I'm team OC all day. He said, nothing wrong with that. I enjoyed the show for replayability. I'll go Batman the Animated Series. Uh, and then so I said, rate Batman the Animated Series on a scale of 1 to 10. What was his answer? Probably a solid 9. 110. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to Panel Surfing. Panel underscore surfing. Follow him on Instagram. But thank you for the DM uh, as we get back to it. The WWE Network is moving to Peacock in the United States. Now, outside the United States, it will remain the same. It'll stay the WWE Network subscription service and all of that. But at, inside the United States, it's moving to Peacock. Pay-per-views included. It's starting in March. So WrestleMania will be on Peacock this year. How, how do you feel about that? Because you, you're more of the wrestling fan. Um, see, I'm, I'm not, I don't watch wrestling anymore. Like I've kind of given up since the pandemic started. It just zero percent has connected with me like i've watched some aew but like i will admit it's tough with no crowd huh i i will admit eh, it's not even that i think i've just kind of grown out of it because i watch all the other sports with no crowd and i'm completely fine with it but uh you know i'm just slowly getting out of wrestling i think i do watch all the pay-per-views so that part's awesome um but this is why i think it's a huge win so uh if you are an xfinity x1 uh, subscriber you get peacock premium for free it's five bucks a month you get it for free so that's one the ww network is coming to peacock premium the five dollar service so if you're an xfinity x1 subscriber i think this is the case you're going to get the ww network included and if uh, you're not if you're not let's say you have fios or whatever right you can get P- peacock premium for five bucks a month the network was 10 Wow. So not only do you get WWE Network for half the price, you get all the other shit like The Office and Parks and Rec and all the other stuff that's on Peacock. That's a really good fucking deal. Okay, so maybe it is a good move then. Okay, that makes sense. I just, it's a I really know. good move. I guess I've been hearing a lot of people, I guess, using Peacock. I I, I don't know. I, I don't watch as much TV as I used to. 
Peacock's clunky. Like that's what I'll say it. Now it's not like I don't have the apps anywhere, but my smart devices. And if you're an X one member, you just say Peacock into your remote and it'll show up the app. And so it has like Chicago med and Chicago PD. So my wife's been super into watching Peacock a lot more than I do. That's where psych the movie came to. That's where I, like I said, the office is on there now and parks and rec and the saved by the bell reunion. And that's apparently really good. So like Peacock has good stuff. I would say the experience is a little clunky from an app perspective, but a land before time, the original is on it. And my, and my daughter loves dinosaurs. So we tried it the other day. And the fact is that's the only place to get it without paying for it. So, uh, I'm, I'm happy just to have Peacock for that reason, but now I get to watch the network and uh, that's win. pretty cool. That, it's kind of cool. And like I said, it's literally half the price. There's no downside from a consumer perspective. Uh, as long as you have cable, that's, I guess the downside, or you could just download the Peacock app, I guess, even if you don't have cable, it's, it, it is its own app. So you can just download Peacock. Uh, I don't know how many devices Peacock is on, like the PlayStation. I, I, I think it's on PlayStation. Is it? Okay. I, 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 I don't so. really know. It's built into my cable boxes, so I just don't necessarily need it because I just use my set-top box. That's how I watch yeah. HBO Max as well, right through the set-top box. So um, I don't know, but it's a great move. It's half the price if you were a current subscriber, and I think if you're X1, you get it included so like you don't have to pay for the network. That's pretty awesome. Uh, so I think big win there, especially because Mania is in, in April. So that's that's a big win. Everybody gets to watch Mania this year. Hopefully for, it's good. For next time. I mean, it's going to be two nights in an empty stadium. It's going to be at, I think it's going to be at, I think Raymond James, which is in Tampa. It's going to be in the Buccaneers stadium where the Super Bowl is hosted. Oh, wow. Uh, over two nights with no, well, no fans are going to be allowed. They're doing it in Florida because they're allowing fans. So it actually will be more like a traditional WrestleMania. I would imagine the same amount of fans allowed to the Super Bowl will be allowed here, which I think is 22,000, which means fuck that. <laughs> you couldn't get me anywhere near a place with 22 yeah, people. Much Florida is not really where I would want to be right there anyway. Yeah, no, no comment. You. No, no comment there. I have friends in that state, but boy, howdy. Keep me away from 22,000 people right now. I can't even think about that. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Netflix is making this. These next two stories are unique because they're anime, not animated anime. From what I from what I read, Netflix is making a Tomb Raider anime. I'm I'm more hyped for the second one. But Tomb Raider, depending on the style, you know, like a Tomb Raider, I wasn't a huge, huge fan of her. But, you know, I'm I'm interested to at least see a trailer. Castlevania was really good, and that's a video game anime adaptation. No, but a little different. Obviously, a lot different. Yeah, I I like Castlevania more than Tomb Raider, so you know that I think that that kind of went with that. But they're also making a Skull Island anime, which is set in the same universe, that monster universe from Legendary, uh, as Godzilla versus Kong. So we're getting an animated Skull Island. I wonder if this will be uh, also set in the seventies, or will it be the the 40 year gap, 50 year gap between the seventies and Godzilla versus Kong. That could be interesting. I think this one is, is more speaking my language. I, yeah. I think we even called for last year. I think they teased that there might've been an anime in the works or I, I thought I remember watching something. Maybe it was in Japanese or something, but I said, man, we need something like this. So they get this coming. Oh, I can't wait. You know, what's interesting too, about that anime is when you watch the movie, there's a lot of other giant animals besides Kong. And even the villains, there's giant spiders. Oh, God, there's plenty of monsters. There's plenty of source material here for this anime. It's not just King Kong. It's not just that. It could be a lot of different characters coming to this, or it could be even just those other giant bugs and monsters. So a lot of of really good promise here. 
It could be. It, you know how much we wanted one of those. Peter, that was 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Sam, Superman and Lois will premiere February 23rd at 8 o'clock Eastern time. That's PM. That's a postmortem. I'm kidding. I don't know what PM actually stands for. Uh, it will be a two hour event. So you've been waiting for this show for a long time. You're going to get two hours and it's only less than a month away. How excited are you? I mean, I, I don't know if I am excited. I, Whoa. Okay. Do tell. No, I, I think it's like every show. Like, it's like, oh, man, that means this show's back. Black Black Knight, like Flash, uh, Legends. It's like, fuck, I got like eight shows. It's like, oh, my God. You know, it, it's a lot, man. It, you know. I hear you. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, I think Tara he- Hoechlin, Hecklin, however you say his name, I, I think he's okay. Um, I, I would have rather them stick with my Tom Welling. From Smallville, just because they're kind of like, they kind of made it, you know, especially he cameoed in the damn crossover event. But again, I'll give the fair shake. The actress who plays Lois, I, I, I'm not really a fan of her. I, maybe she'll win me over and, and they, they got two kids in this show. So it's like, ah, uh, a lot of baggage in this one. So I, I don't know. I hope you change your tune. I mean, dude, I, I'm going to give it a fair shake. I, I hope it's good. You know, what from what I hear that I heard um, Michael Rosenbaum's as a podcast and a lot of actors in and out and he just i was just listening to one he had erica durant who played lois lane in the smallville series and she cameoed in the crossover event and she kind of said like they, they do the same like stunt work and like they used to do in smallville she said it's like it was almost like the same crew so i mean i i, I think it's in good hands this is where our top three is going to lie for the evening it's going to be our top three portrayals of superman so whether it was you know tv film video game whatever uh, what were your favorite Superman portrayals? You can start with your number three. Okay, guys, I, I might break a lot of hearts here, but Christopher Reeve is not on my list. I I did not grow up in the 70s, and I was born in 89, so Christopher Reeve was not my Superman. So I'm sorry for you people that you know are going to hate me for that. I, I guess I deserve it, but whatever. But my number three is Tim Daly. I grew. He played the voice of Superman on Superman Adventures on justice league justice league unlimited this is the guy the cartoon that you know went went hand in hand with the batman animated series and i've watched him for years for over 100 episodes playing this character and his voice is so recognizable even like sometimes i read you know like i had i just completed the superman adventures comic run and you know i read a couple issues and i'm literally reading in his voice so like just like batman i hear kevin connery hit when i read superman or at least in the animated series style comic i hear tim daly thought he did a great job I I love doing that when I go back and, and like when I read the Game of Thrones books, it was after the Game of Thrones show had already started. So I was reading all the lines from all the characters and envisioning what they look like from the show. It's actually a really nice companion. I like that a lot. So I yeah. do the same thing you do. Do you remember what I told you what my top three was going to be tonight? Like the adjective I used to describe it? Short and sweet. Yes. So my number three is Henry Cavill. Interesting. That, that's my number three. Your he number said, two. He said, that's it. My number two, again, I, he, he could be my number one. I just went for, I guess, because we really didn't get a full look at him as Superman. But my number two is Tom Welling. Uh, I spent 10 years watching Smallville. I, I, I think he was a, a fantastic Clark Kent. They just slow build him, just like so slow to get him to where he was as Superman. It's a shame that we only got the very last episode we got him in the suit for maybe a whole five seconds 
And I know the part you see is the CG. And then the other time you see me on when he rips his shirt. I, I think he was fantastic. I would have rathered him and Erica Durant lead the Superman and Lois show rather than Tyler and uh, the other actress. I forget her name. But I, I, I truly think Tom Welling is, is fantastic. Clark Kent. It could have been the best Superman. My number two. The OG Christopher Reed. I mean, again, you know, again, I think another reason why I left him off the list, Superman three and four were such dog shit, fucking horrible. Like I will never watch them films again. Like they should have never been made. They were terrible. But one, one was, was good. I would agree Two, the Donner cut was better. It fixed a lot of things. So that I can agree with my number one, no surprise. It's Henry Cavill. I, I think he, he he looked the best as as I think Superman does. You know, uh, you know, Christopher he he was good, but he wasn't jacked like Henry, and just kind of I felt like he grew into the role and maybe didn't get a, a full fair shake. And I hopefully he will don the cape and cowl again because I, I I don't know I I feel like he he gets the, a bad rap sometimes, but I truly think he was the best Superman that we've we've seen on screen. My number one, the host. Of Ripley's, believe it or not, Dean Kane. Wow, very controversial, especially people now with him in politics. They said, you know what? You suck to Superman anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> again, was in Clark for four years. It's the only Superman television show I have ever watched. Oh, well, so. I, again, like I watched it too growing up. Him and, and Terry Hatcher, I, I I thought it was good. Again, you know, he, he'd probably it was very be like, cheesy. Yeah, very he'd, cheesy. he'd probably be number five on my list. I think Christopher Reed would be in my number four spot. Uh. So you, this was the shortest top three I've ever done, and it's for two reasons. One, I just don't love Superman. Um, as you can tell, I literally just said the only Superman show I ever watched was from the 90s, and it was Dean fucking Keynes, who was my number one. That tells you a lot about my fandom. Uh, number two is um, I I just – I don't know enough about the source material to be able to give – like I know it's only all opinion, but I just don't feel like I would – I don't want to – ruin anybody's <laughs> no and again at least for us like explain at least for me for christopher reeve it's you know we weren't if we were kids then if that was the first superman film i saw yeah i'm sure he would he would be my number one but again when it's like when i got to watch it when i was older it's like you know what special effects are and then you go back and watch that you're like what the hell and again like yeah. it was tough for me to leave brendan ralph off this list because in 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 the superman returns like he was okay but he really got to shine when he was in um, DC Legends of Tomorrow, the, like the last season, he got to be like a Kingdom Come Superman. Him with like the, the, the silver hair. I, I truly, like that alone, he could be number one because I thought he was fantastic. But just because it was only a little tease, I, I kind of left him off to the side. But he definitely deserves an honorable mention from the Kingdom Come in the, in the whole Legends crossover. My original number three was Henry Cavill's mustache, Dean Kane, and the actual Polygon from Superman 64. But I didn't think that that was... A good enough list, so I actually had a note. <laughs> John Lycurgo. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. I was, I was just laughing. Jay Lycurgo. I think I said John, but Jay Lycurgo. I'm going to go with that. Lycurgo, Lycurgo has been reportedly cast as Tim Drake for Titans. What's that Pokemon? Macargo? Macargo? Hell yeah. Look at you. Macargo. What gen is Macargo? Three. I want to say two. I'm not 100. Dude, I think every Pokemon question you give me, you say Jen. I say three every time. I, I have no idea. Like literally, I, I know the I know the first one, and that's it. What but, Jen was the Hoenn region? I don't know. 
The first three. three. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. You say it's always three. I gave you three. You didn't say three. You always give me trick questions. But for, for so for Titans, season three is is going to be very interesting. There's a lot of big players coming in here. Uh, I, I love Tim Drake. I know my boy Fuzz is very happy. It's his favorite Robin. He's the Robin that's like the most detective, maybe probably like most like Bruce. And even Bruce admits that he's a better detective than him. So I'm actually really excited to see Tim Drake in live action. I, I don't know who the actor is, so which is, is kind of even better for me. So I'm kind of just going in and and just ho- hoping that he kind of can deliver on this. And we, we're going to get Red Hood and we're getting Barbara Gordon. And, and we're going to, of course, get Nightwing. Oh, I cannot wait for this. He's a, he's only been in seven projects. So um, and one of them was a short one of them was only an episode of TV. Another one was a short, another one episode of TV, a made for TV movie, the movie listen and the movie brothers, which was another short. He's never been in anything. So, you know, this is his real breakout opportunity. here. No pressure kid. <laughs> and I'll take over in gaming. We got two impressions and a review. Let's see what you thought of cyber shadow. And, normally I'd lead with my impressions and then read the review and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to start with the review tonight and then I'll give my impressions. Okay, I, think okay. the review does, I think the review just actually does a good job of summing it up. So this is cyber shadow, the game from machine head games published by yacht club who made shovel Knight. This is the first game yacht club has been involved in since shovel Knight. It's a big deal. Uh, shovel Knight, arguably the most successful indie game ever made. So uh, this is huge. And if you're a fan of Ninja Gaiden and, you know, there's eight bit ninja style games. There's old hard ass Nintendo games. Then this might be up your alley. Cyber shadow is a wonderful merging of old school aesthetic and modern design sensibilities, much like shovel Knight was back in 2014. Sure. It's story is forgettable. And some of its checkpoint placements are far enough apart to make me hesitant to apply the tough, but fair label. But the way it evolves and changes over the course of its seven to eight hour campaign thanks to excellent level design, enemy, and progression, is exemplary. uh, Combine with that what's arguably an early contender for best soundtrack of 2021, and it's easy to see Cyber Shadow as the start to something great for both Mechanical Head Studios, not Machine Head, my bad, Mechanical Head Studios, and Yacht Club Games. A solid nine. It's a solid eight. But I agree with a lot of it number one soundtrack is a banger a banger of a soundtrack that beautiful chiptune 8-bit music i love it it does have a lot of uh ninja gaiden but it also has some metroid it also has uh uh some shovel knight quite frankly and a lot of Mega Man. like it's all of these brilliant franchises molded into one and i'm only on chapter three and i bought the game the second as a matter of fact i pre-ordered it and pre-downloaded it to my switch so it was available at midnight uh so I've had it since the second it launched, and I'm only on chapter three. I think there's 12. So this seven to eight hour thing is bullshit. It is hard as a motherfucker, and I'm only on chapter three. It took me an hour to get through chapter one, which is supposed to be the intro chapter. It's really hard. And so I I love it for that. It's old school NES hard. Harder than Crash Bandicoot? Different type of hard. Crash Bandicoot 3D. Sometimes it's tough to judge the jumps. This okay, one's hard because of like what about enemies. second class level? I mean, I've already <laughs> died more times in this game than to that level. Oh, really? Wow. I'm already over 200 deaths, and I was at 93 deaths on that level. So damn. Uh, 
that listen though this i keep saying listen i fucking hate that i do that Yo, uh, we're gonna start is, a new we're gonna start like a new curse where every time he says it either do a drink or you put a dollar somewhere or we, we got to figure something out uh, that's what i'm actually going to start uh putting in the time codes is all the time i say listen uh i th- i think it's like nes hard the type of hard that you don't ever feel is unfair it's like every death is warranted um it's not because of shitty controls or shitty mechanics it's because the enemies are hard the bosses are hard the levels are hard to platform through the perils are difficult it's just a hard game what i think it does really well compared to the ninja guidance of the world and the old school nes games those games i understand it like it's in the 80s early 90s you have continues and you have lives and there it is this game doesn't give you that it gives you a checkpoint system there are no lives there are no continues you just keep playing until you win which i like because it just it's almost that just replayability you die you keep going you keep going you keep going you don't have to worry about it you can master it in time because everything is timer based so you can actually get the flow down i like that um what i also like is they don't just give you everything up front you have to earn your abilities even something like running isn't unlocked till later in the game you have to beat the bosses to unlock the power i like that too you start with just a slash of your sword and that is it you have to beat the entire level. You can't even slash up or down. Just out in front of you. That's all you got wow. for the first level. So it's just hard as nails. I love every second of it. It's 15 bucks on sale right now. Like it's usually 20. If you care at all about Shovel Knight, Mega Man, Metroid, Ninja Gaiden, any NES platformer, old school games with banging soundtracks, hack and slash ninja shit, any of those genres, this is a game you cannot miss. It's fucking brilliant. Glad to hear it. A demo you got to play. I didn't get a chance to play it. What are your thoughts on Resident Evil Maiden? It's 20 minutes of pure amazing. I loved it. I loved it so goddamn much. It does a really good job of setting up RE Village. Um, RE7 had a very similar demo. I think it was called Kitchen or the prequel or something. I can't remember what it was called, but it was a demo that wasn't the main characters that didn't take place in the main game, but it took place in the setting and you found a videotape of the demo while you're playing the main game. It was a really nice way to tie in the demo. And I have a feeling that the character of the maiden from this village demo will show up at some point eventually in the game as somebody you have to kill. I think that has a really good uh, way to tie it in. You are a woman trapped in the basement uh, cell and you have to find your way out of the dungeon starting from in your cell breaking out of your dungeon cell and have to get out of this creepy haunted mansion and it's 20 minutes like i said good you know decent puzzles there's no combat but you can die i did on purpose it was phenomenal i love that you can die uh you get a really good uh scope of the visuals and the sound and how they use the vibration and uh just like that creepy shit it's just it's really good first person resident evil even if you can't fire a gun or kill a zombie it's just a lot of fun there's a couple puzzles involved you make your way to the exit of the mansion and i'll just stop there and i won't give away how the demo ends but it is a must play it's a 20 minute free demo on playstation 5 exclusively if you have a playstation 5 there's really not an excuse not to try resident evil maiden next up our favorite we have the December's NPD. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've been talking so much. Yes. Uh, the, the NPD for the month of December 
It's packed and loaded. We have the top 20 best-selling games for the month of December. Now, keep in mind, again, for Nintendo, they do not track digital sales as a part of this, only physical. So every single Nintendo game would be higher on this list if they track digital. Just keep that in mind. Number 20, Mortal Kombat 11, okay. which is great that that's still hanging around. Uh, I think a little bit of that was Ultimate. It released on PlayStation 4 and 5, and I think that, that was good. Uh, number 19, Ring Fit Adventure. Number 18, back up. It was number 35 last month, and it's back up to number 18, Super Mario Party. Number 17, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Number 16, Super Mario Odyssey. Number 15, New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Do you get where I'm going? And we're on the Switch train again, as it was again the top-selling console of the month even with the new consoles out uh fifa 21 at 14 at 13 hyrule warriors age of calamity at 12 just dance 2021 at 11 super smash brothers ultimate at number 10 super mario 3d all-stars at number nine new to the list and this game came out before december new to the list immortals phoenix rising nice and it was a lot of it's because it was like 30 bucks on sale and it's 30 bucks on sale. Now that's a great price to jump in at that game. Definitely worth 30 or 40. I, pr- I still wouldn't pay 60, although I did. Um, still wouldn't yeah, do I guess. It. It's a really great opportunity to jump in. Now, if you want to play it at 30 bucks, I think on Amazon, it's physical. It's great. PS five edition uh, made for the PS five. So that's cool, but really cool to see that in the top 10, no less number eight, NBA 2k 21. Number seven, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Still selling like fucking hotcakes. It's going to sell 30 million copies. Uh, Number six, Animal Crossing New Horizons. That's also probably going to sell 30 million copies. Number five, Madden NFL 21. Number four, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Number three, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Number two, new to the list, December 10th, Cyberpunk 2077. That's no surprise. But that's not including digital. It has the asterisk. And we know it had the biggest digital launch in the history of yeah, gaming. It, it would have been the number one. It is the number one. But because they're not tracking digital and Call of Duty is, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold yeah. War is your number one game. I mean, it was the 95% of the list was Nintendo. So, You know what we've been doing a lot lately is reading top 20 as opposed to top 10, right? Yeah. You know what game has been missing even from the top 20 for a while now? It's been GTA 5. Granted. And, and, and dude, as it should, the game is just put it down, people. Damn. It's, uh, but, but, but the PS5 version comes this summer. So it's still trucking. It's like the only game that's been fully released across three next gen generations the 360 the xbox one and the series x same for places i, I mean hey if they if they keep making millions on this game i mean, I, I don't blame them for just kind of keep up resing and just release for the next system i, I mean it's the it's the no-brainer right until you make the I new mean, one until six is like ready to roll like six is not a game you announce and then wait three years because then that hurts the sales of five you let five keep doing its thing because even though it didn't make the top 20 Grand Theft Auto Online still doing great. The game is still selling really, really well. So for me, if I announce six, it comes out within a six-month window, no matter what. So you got to wait till that game's pretty cooked before you announce it because that hype train will be real as shit. So that's why I don't think we're hearing anything about Grand Theft Auto recently because I think within the next year, we're going to probably get an announcement for six, but not until this, this PS5 version comes out of for five because what's the point of releasing it if you're just going to announce six everybody's just going to yeah. for six 
Xbox doubled the price for Xbox Live Gold, but then realized they fucked up and quickly reversed. They really, really, like Microsoft, read the room. Guys. Dude, it was all over Twitter. It, it, it was actually kind of comical. Like, I, I got a good laugh out of it. Uh, so normally it's $60 a year for Xbox Live Gold. It is the best online service available, and that's from somebody who sold both of his Xboxes. So, like, there's just no denying they give you a great user experience, but it's not worth 120 They doubled the price. Netflix goes up a dollar every two years. Not doubles the price. Yeah, read Xbox the room. Greedy bastards. Like, you got to read the room. Now, I don't think it was so much greed as let's basically scare everybody away from it and let's have them just go sign up for Game Pass Ultimate because Game Pass Ultimate includes Microsoft. Uh, I'm sorry, includes uh, live gold and it's only 15 bucks a month so it's 150 bucks as opposed to as opposed to 120 but now you're getting both services so i think that was their thinking like let's just get everybody to say fuck that i'm just gonna go get game pass ultimate but that is not the way you do that that's not how it's done how many people like you were like screw it sold their xbox got a playstation i love the idea of game pass but to have two xboxes didn't make a lot of sense anymore for me. I took that money. I sold them both and I bought a PS5. That's sacrilege for me, but I needed to do what I needed to do. I no longer own every console with, with it from every manufacturer. I will live. I promise. Uh, but like not even 24 hours later, not only did Xbox's Twitter account say something along the lines of, yeah, we done goofed. But Phil Spencer also came out and gave his his side of it and this, that and the other. And while I appreciate them saying uh, hey, not only did we fuck up and it's going back to the original price, but and also if you had the old one, you'd be grandfathered in anyway. So it was only for new subscribers. But regardless, but the biggest problem with Xbox Live was the free to play games. So like League of Legends and the, the other things that are free to start, but you have to pay to, to kind of get into um, on PlayStation, even on Nintendo, Fortnite, for example, they are free to play. I can just download Fortnite and play it from my Switch, from my PlayStation, and just enjoy it even though I'll get fucking dominated because I don't pay for anything. With Xbox, you needed games for go- with gold to play a free-to-play game. I don't know why, but that was the case. So you were actually paying $60 a year for access to free-to-play games that were free to play on PlayStation and Nintendo. So a dumb move there. They had said, you know what? We're lifting that. You can play free-to-play on you know just by owning an xbox which is the way it should have been apparently according to games beat or venture beat uh that that was going to be the play all along that they were eventually going to lift that ban anyway but and they just kind of hastened it to put a band-aid on this news but at the same time man just how tone deaf do you have to be to release that news in the first place yeah now people will remember that just remember xbox is getting ready to raise the price on it they're just waiting xbox doesn't care about xboxes it's like they care about two things game pass and xbox live because xbox live you can get on pc as well as and i guess you can count x cloud in there you can get that on pc or an xbox as long as you're in their ecosystem and playing their shit they don't really care what that's on and that's what i appreciate about sony they're like no 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 play it on our hardware play it on playstation and only on playstation same with nintendo Mario's never going to go anywhere else and I, that's why I think I love those two companies so much is their commitment to the gamer, not so much the, the ecosystem. And for that, yeah. I applaud those other two companies. Per VentureBeat, 
EA is opening new development studio called Full Circle to develop Skate 4. Before we get there, this one last thing I, I wanted to say about the previous story was Game Pass has just passed 18 million subscribers. Um, that's over 2.1 billion dollars per year they make on Game Pass alone. That's and you not still even. tried to charge people 120. Well, that's Dude, for Xbox Live. Sh- I'm sa- no, no, no. I'm saying that's for Xbox Live. That take that doesn't even take into account the people that pay sixty dollars a year for Xbox no, Live. But that's what you're I'm saying. So they were making this money and they were still going to charge double. So you're talking three to four billion a year just for people to play online. And remember that that Bethesda acquisition was seven point five. Microsoft just put like twenty three billion in the bank last week. So like, even if they fuck up, they got money to burn. They are just fine. That price that told me that that price increase was a 100% them saying, no, 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 just get Game Pass. Fuck our service. It wasn't a price gouging or anything like that. It was just the worst possible way to message it. So I digress from there. I just wanted to kind of point that out that they're doing just fine financially. They did not need to make that price increase. But yeah, you're right. So VentureBeat said it. Other studios followed. Full Circle is going to be this team. I don't know if it's going to make up former EA employees or anything like that who worked on previous skate games, but we know that in EA play over the summer skate four was announced or at least the next skate was announced. And so now we finally have a team, but now that you just announced this team, that tells me this game is three years away. Minimum. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I just wonder how relevant it's still going to be. Like people have been waiting a decade for the announcement of four, they got it. That hype machine is kind of done. Now you have to deliver it. And it's a skateboarding game. It's not the most intense thing in the world, but like sessions coming out, uh, skater Excel just released a fourth free map, brand new map. So now you have about 10 maps or more to play for console. Like other games are doing it really well. Tony Hawk still has the remasters. Um, I imagine three and four are going to get some surprise, if not a brand new Tony Hawk game. So like, I just wonder if the skate games are going to be relevant by the time full circle comes full circle. Yeah. It's a shame that I never really got into the skate games. I mean, honestly, I I think I even stopped skating, like playing skating games. Like after like Tony Hawk two, I don't even know if I played three. You, uh, kind of. So Tony Hawk two came out, I think. Oh, one, something like that. Maybe. Oh, one, Oh, two. We started skating in Oh, two. So you were right around, Tony Hawk three coming out that you stopped skating. Okay, man. That's, that's, I mean, may, maybe I did pick it up. I, I just don't remember it. I just remember like added that whole series two was the one that I, I know a hundred percent. I played the most two, two is the best one. Oh, easy two, three, one, four, but they're all really good. Cyberpunk 2077 launches its first big patch to fix the game's issues. And I, and if you follow along still with CD project red, you know, that, that big launch came with another game breaking bug in that uh, ironically and hilariously enough, the patch to fix the game broke the game. (laughs) I wonder what the total, the total space now is for that whole game. I know it's over a hundred gigs. They did release a fix to that game breaking bugs. That's even more on top of it. And in February, they're releasing an even bigger patch to be able to fix even more issues. So we're probably talking in the 120 to 130 gig range when all is said and done. I will start playing this game in March um, as my 
I'm done Mario. I'm waiting for Resident Evil uh, game. And that's what Cyberpunk will be for me. I'm waiting till this game is patched and at its best possible, you know, run. I don't know how to explain it. Like it's best possible quality before I dive in. I don't want to play a broken game right now. I just don't have the time for it. So even though it is really good from what I hear when you do get to make it work, I'm going to wait for these patches before I dive in so I can play the best possible experience. Although at the end of the day, I don't even know if I care anymore. <laughs> I was going to say it looks like they are at 110 gigabytes. I This next patch will bring it into the probably the 130s. <laughs> Vicarious Vision has been merged into Blizzard and will no longer be working on any Activision titles. And the two big ones you have to worry about, my friends, are Crash Bandicoot mm-hmm. and Tony Hawk. And so Vicarious Visions did the Insane Trilogy, and they also did Tony Hawk's Remaster 1 and 2, which was the fastest-selling Tony Hawk game of all time, and clearly outsold its expectation. So a little disappointing there is a very, very good studio is only going to be working on blizzard games, which means overwatch and, uh, G- games we will never play. Or is it, is it Diablo or is it league of legends? I can't remember what else blizzard does. Uh, Warcraft actually, maybe World it's Warcraft. Warcraft. Yeah, I think that is. Yeah, that's blizzard. So, um, yeah, Activision blizzard, World of Warcraft. That's right. So a little disappointing there. Now crash four was made by toys for Bob. So, and they did fucking phenomenal yeah, with it. So, Hard as shit, but they did a great job. I'm not worried about Crash's future, but I am worried about Tony Hawk's because the other teams uh, that made the Tony Hawk games like the HD uh, remaster or the Tony Hawk 5 game, I can't remember the studio, but they're dead now. They blew, and Vicarious got it right. Was it perfect? No, but they got it really good. And and who knows? Tony may not even want to do another one. I got to believe that after the success of that game, though, that he's like, Make me one last new one, like a new one. Tony oh, Hawk's bang. I mean, even though, five even though this so remaster bad. could have been the bang that he wanted to go out on. But then what about three and four? Because they deserve remasters. Or what about Thug? Thug is a classic. So, like, there's a lot going on. I'm If I'm Tony, I'm like, fuck, just give me a new one and let me go. It's like six. Like, five sucked so bad. Let me go out on six. Or name it something else. I don't care. But it kind of sucks that Vicarious won't do it anymore because they just did a really good job with the remasters. And I'm like... Well, shit, that kind of sucks. And the last story in gaming we got, IO Interactive's Bond game will not be based on any actor from the films. It's It would be weird to play as Daniel Craig. I think the newer 007 games that were licensed were based on his likeness. And obviously, we have such fond memories of Goldeneye and it's Pierce. So, oh God, yeah. like... It's going to be weird to see. It's kind of like the Avengers thing where it was the Captain America, the Crystal Dynamics envisioned and the Thor that they envisioned as opposed to Chris Evans. And, you know, uh, I was about to say Ralph Macchio. My God. Um, oh God, who plays Bruce Banner? Give me give me his name. Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Thank you. Damn it. You beat me to it. Uh, but like their faces, because that's what we're used to. This is going to be a, an original bond. And you're like, well, whose face am I going to put it to? And what would I want? I would love to see it be Pierce because, again, of GoldenEye's nostalgia. Uh, I would also like to see Craig as just like that final send-off. But at the end of the day, I'm very happy with this decision that it's going to be a an IO Interactive's take on James Bond and what he looks like. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, again, just keep us with – if I want to go back and get someone's likeness, we always have GoldenEye. Sam, take us home with your CGC Spotlight. CGC Spotlight this week. I know I did it before, but, again, this is my Batman 11 – Probably my most expensive book in my collection. I picked this up in a crazy, probably my biggest 
trade cash deal ever with Austin Reese, Reese's Rare Comics. Check them out on IG. Check out their website, Reese's Rare Comics. Great guys. They're selling games now. I saw they just got in a Conqueror's Bad Fur Day, 9.4 sealed with an A-plus rating. Such a great game. So they're definitely expanding comics, games. You got it all. But this is my Batman 11. I have it in a 7.5 off-white white pages. Came out June, July, 1942. Classic Joker cover. Just Batman's punched Joker dead in the face. Such a great cover. Joker and... <laughs> Joker, Joker. Dead in the face. And it's just pow right in the kisser. Pow, and, right. and you know, it's Joker and a penguin appearance. You have two ads for Detective Comics 64. It's a Bill Finger and Edmund Hamilton story. Bob Kane, Jerry Robinson art. George Russo's art and a Fred Ray cover. I mean, it's just, you know, you have cards behind a Batman... Batman and Robin on the cover, Joker getting popped in the mouth. I never thought in my life I would get this cover. It just it's freaking so tough. It's very expensive. There's only 18 graded higher than mine, which that alone's crazy. There's two nine fours on the census, four nine o's, seven eight fives, five eight o's, and eight seven point fives. And like my main key with this book is always, you know, I never I try never to get cream pages. And a lot of the Batman 11s, unfortunately, do have that cream off-white pages. But I'm very lucky. Austin was able to somehow, they picked up an off-white white. We were able to work out a crazy deal. And I'm very happy to own it in the collection. So the story we got today is called The Joker's Advertising Campaign. The Joker enters a contest and wins the prize for impersonating himself. The news reach Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, who become aware of Joker's return. After this, the Joker decides to pull crimes, giving away hints on the advertising section of the newspapers. In this fashion, Joker pulls his first heist, and a street is filled with old-time vehicles, while Joker steals a nearby jewelry store. Batman and Robin chase the criminal using some of the vehicles available, but they lose track of the maniac when he takes the subway train. So now Bruce has to figure out where Joker is going to hit next. So that, that is literally my run from 2 to 11, minus 6. My goal this year is to pick up Batman 6, God willing, Baltimore Comic Con, if it still happens in October. And then I'll have that little 2 to 11 run Then I can always dream one day of getting that grail of Batman 1, which God only knows. But that was <laughs> Batman 11, probably my favorite Joker cover ever. It should be in everyone's top five, Batman number 11. And as always, you'll see it on our Instagram when we post our episode description and, and all that good stuff every friday you can see the covers for sam's cgc spotlight so if you're interested in what sam just described as a top five cover go check out our post around friday afternoon somewhere around there and you can check it out uh, when you see our episode is available now post just swipe and you'll find the joker well the cover for this book batman 11 that is it sam for episode 222 everybody go play cyber shadow it's available on playstation 4 playstation 5 pc xbox uh nintendo switch so go check that out next week i'm gonna have my review of hybroxia 2 from lily mo games the colin moriarty uh game that we were so graciously given a review copy for thank you so much uh for being on that list and also our first bpm review of the year i'm super excited i cannot wait for episode 223 but that's a week from now. We hope you enjoyed episode 222. Have a wonderful week. Everybody will see you next week for episode 224.
Robin Hood app, you must be deleted!